Well, guys, it has finally happened. I have finally seen Scream 5 in theaters opening night, first showing in an IMAX theater, and it was glorious. <laughs> so before I get into anything, I do want to say that this movie should not be spoiled at all. It ruins the fun of it, but I understand some people might want to listen or talk about it beforehand or whatever. So the first bit of this episode will be spoiler free. And I will let you guys know when I talk about spoilers, because trust me, there is a lot of spoilers to discuss, a lot of Easter eggs to discuss. Um, and this movie is almost impossible to talk about without talking about the spoiler stuff. So I'll try my best on making it somewhat interesting in the beginning, but I will start with just saying my overall thoughts. And I think Scream 5 is a great Scream movie. It is not my favorite Scream movie, but it is a great Scream movie. I did give it a 5 out of 5. Maybe that's too high. Maybe realistically it's a 4 out of 5. But I love this franchise so much, so I'm giving it a 5 out of 5. <laughs> Um, I think they do, okay, again, no spoilers. I think the director's Radio Silence did a great job at making a legacy sequel. Uh, um, the movie says, or calls it a requel, but I don't like that term. So I'm calling it a legacy sequel. Very Halloween 2018, very, um, Texas Chainsaw, which is kind of, it is a legacy sequel before, I guess, those were a thing. Um, and the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre is going to be a legacy sequel, and I'm sure there'll be plenty other legacy sequels. But I think they do a great job at making a legacy sequel. I think the, how do I say this? Listen, it is a good movie, okay? It is a fun movie. It is a fun screen movie. What you know what you're getting when you're watching this. You're not going to be disappointed. It doesn't make anything completely different from the original series directed by Wes Craven. I will say that you can tell Wes Craven did not direct this and you can tell Kevin Williamson did not write it. But does that mean it's a bad movie? Not at all. This is a movie that I think deserves to be seen in theaters. Now, we are living in Omicron we're living in COVID in general, but currently at the time of recording and the time of this movie's release, we are living in the Omicron era. And I completely understand why people wouldn't want to go to the theater. I did not want to go to the theater. I did not feel safe. Um, me and my friend were the only two masked people in my pretty crowded theater. There was someone next to me who kept kind of sniffling and shit. So that stressed me out a bit. But <laughs> if you feel safe going to see Scream... I highly, 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 highly recommend seeing it. And if you don't feel safe going to a theater, definitely check and see if you have any like drive-ins around because the one near me is playing Scream. And I don't think it's um, visually too dark to the point where it'd be hard to see in a drive-in because a lot of times at drive-ins, it's hard to actually see the screen if the movie is dark. I don't think this movie was dark. It had quite a bit of like dark is in not um subject matter but is um like the lighting you know what i mean i don't think there was anything that was like too dark there is some for sure but nothing crazy so i think it would be worth seeing it in the drive-in as soon as possible if you don't feel comfortable going to the movies because there's a lot to be spoiled in this movie and there's a lot to there's a lot that you don't want spoiled before you go see this movie and i will say i did have two spoilers when I went into this. Um, one was unconfirmed, but basically from what I saw, which we'll talk about in the spoiler portion, um, I saw coming. And then the other one I basically had like confirmed, like someone actually said it. Um, you'll know what I mean once you get to the spoiler section, but that did kind of suck. But there was a lot of um, 
things in there that did surprise me. So I think you should see it as soon as possible. And it's just worth it because it's a great time at the movies. So that's basically my um, overall general thoughts. But I do think that this one has the best um, supporting cast as a whole since the original. I love, like, every single Scream sequel has great standout characters. You got Laurie Metcalf in um, Scream 2. You got uh, Parker Posey in Scream 3. You got Peyton Penetiere and Emma Roberts in Scream 4. There's a, a lot of standout characters that you love and you think are just, like, so brilliantly acted or brilliantly written or whatever, and you love them. But as a whole, I don't know if all the characters are that memorable. I think this one has much more memorable side characters than the other, uh, the other installments, let's just say. Uh, as for standouts, with again, without spoilers, I think Jenna Ortega is phenomenal here. I think she's got a great career ahead of her, especially in horror movies, if she continues. She's in that new movie, X, that just dropped a trailer, Brittany Snow, that looks kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets a porno. I don't know. Um, she looks like she's going to be great in that. Also, Jasmine Savoy Brown was fantastic. Mickey Madison was great. Um, Jack Quaid was, was great. Even Mason Gooding is great, who I was prepared to not like him at all because I do not like um, Cuba Gooding Jr. in the slightest. I find him very annoying, and I never liked him ever since... Um, I think it was Pally Fest for American Horror Story Roanoke when he lifted Sarah, um, Sarah Paulson's skirt or dress to the crowd. Like that always just like put a sour, bitter taste in my mouth for him. So I was like prepared to not like Mason Gooding, especially because he's also like a nepotism baby (laughs) who I actually, well, Jack Quaid is obviously a nepotism baby and I'm pretty sure Mickey Madison as well is a nepotism baby. But honestly, all of them are great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the new cast was fun all around. It was really fun. I don't really have anything negative to say about the main cast, except for maybe Sonia Amar. I think I don't even have anything negative to say. She just didn't stand out to me. But the cast is pretty great. The new cast. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the, um, I don't want to talk too much about the returning characters, Sydney, Dewey, and Gail, because that's a little spoilery, but I will say that they are as great as always. It's so great to see them, but I do think if you're going into this thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna get two hours of straight Sydney Prescott on my screen, uh, drop your expectations a little bit. They're still big players in the story, but they are this movie clearly is passing the torch to the new cast for probably uh, more sequels. Let's be real. <laughs> I'm sure this will do good. Let's hope it does good. Let me knock on wood that it does good because I really enjoyed it and I would be open to seeing more from the Scream universe. But I think that's all I can say about the characters without spoiling anything. Um, but as for Ghostface, brutal absolutely brutal here. I think Ghostface was honestly the scariest we've ever seen him. Um, absolutely scary. (laughs) I've never really had, uh, moments in Scream where I'm like genuinely terrified, but I had a few in here where I was like, I was pretty scared and I'm not too scared. Like I, I'm not very, I'm not easily scared when it comes to horror movies. I go to bed watching them. I find them comforting. I was a little uneasy with this ghost face. Like, if you compare it to the others, I think the only comparable one would be Four, who was pretty brutal, especially with the Olivia kill. I think that one still might be the most gory death in the Scream series. But this ghost face is angry and scary and... (laughs) like you've never seen him before. So I think fans will be pleasantly surprised with how scary this ghost face is. But again, I can't go that much into it without spoiling it. 
But I do want to say, and this will kind of end out my thoughts and opinions on here in this spoiler-free section. I did say that I loved this movie. I did. I genuinely loved it. I love all of the Scream movies. Um, I think my ranking right now without um, a rewatch, I definitely need to rewatch this and see if it's going to be any higher on my list. But currently my ranking is one, four, two, five, three. I think that is my ranking. Um, I could see this one bumping two out of the way, but I don't know because two is just such a classic and cozy feel that it might stick at my fourth position. But that is not to say that it isn't good because it's at the bottom. I love Scream. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely love it. And it means so much to me. And I think part of it, well, not I don't, part of the reason why I love it so much is because of Wes Craven. And I will say that this new one, you can tell that he was not here for it. Um, It's missing a little bit of the heart that Wes brought to it. A lot of bit of the heart, let's say. I'm I'm not going to say that it, because I don't know. A lot of people are saying that Wes would be so proud of this. Like, this is finally a Scream sequel that lives up to the original and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to say that that's not true. I just think it was missing a it was missing this Wes Craven touch and it felt different. It obviously wasn't written by uh, Kevin Williamson either, but I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. I think this is clearly a new Scream. I think it makes sense that they only called it Scream because it is its own, it's its own movie and it's its own start to its own series. The original series has one, two, three, and four. This one is its new thing. It perfectly passes the torch to a new series and a new feel for the films. And I think that is okay. It is welcome for me. Um, but it is missing, a, it is missing the Wes Craven heart that the original series had and all of his movies have. But again, I encourage you to go see it if you feel safe, obviously. Um, it is definitely worth the theater experience. It was so good to see Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox on screen again for a Scream movie. I never thought I'd see the day, especially when COVID happened. I thought Scream 4 was the end for those characters, and, you know, I was okay with that. I love 4, but it is an amazing thing to finally be able to see the characters that meant so much to me in my childhood, or I guess more my teenage years, um... Like to be able to see it fully realized is so awesome. And I just, I can't recommend seeing it in theaters enough. It is definitely worth everything. It is, it's a great sequel, a great screen movie, a great legacy sequel. And I think that wraps up my thoughts on the movie without spoilers. So... <laughs> I really can't contain it anymore. I have to start talking about spoilers. So from here on out, you have been warned. I'll give you a second to get out of here and find the nearest showing of Scream 5 because I need to talk about spoilers. And I'm going to... All right, wait. Is everyone out of here? All right, I am now talking about it. Okay, so now we're starting the spoiler section of the review, and I kind of just need to get some things off my chest. We will obviously discuss further down, but I need to say, holy shit, Billy Loomis is back. I was not seeing, I did not see that coming at all. I, I didn't know that that was going to be a thing. And to see him on screen again was shocking and crazy. And I had no idea, no idea that they were going to do it. Did I love it? No. <laughs> I think it worked, you know, it worked with the story that we had, which I will talk about. Um, but I thought the the de-aging, the CGI looked really bad. I think he still looked 40. (laughs) I mean, which is younger than what Ski Ulrich is, 
but it didn't look the best, but I still liked it. I thought it was a nice touch, even though it wasn't necessary, but it was a nice callback, I guess. It was nice seeing Skeet back. Um, yeah, I, we will talk about it <laughs> more, I guess, in in detail, but I just had to get that off my chest before I talk about more. And I also need to talk about, I totally missed this in the theater, by the way. So there is quite a bit of, um, there's a quite a bit of, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Easter egg, sorry. That aren't completely shoved down your throat, which I liked in this. Um, it's something that Halloween Kills did not do, which if you listen to that episode, I really, really did not like that movie. But for here, I felt like it was subtle enough that it worked. And apparently Kirby is alive. Totally missed that. Um, in the YouTube segment with Dead Meat, who I love Dead Meat. They're one of my favorite YouTube channels like ever. I love watching them. I watch them all the time. I was so shocked that they were in the movie. Like <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention to what was on the screen, but apparently the screen confirms that Kirby's alive. So I definitely need to rewatch. They say something about um, an interview with a survivor, which I think I heard. Or maybe that's just like a Mandela effect or something. But apparently it says Kirby on the screen or something like that. So, huh. Kirby's alive, I guess. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't know if they'll ever bring her back. I think it would be cool to have her back. I think it'd be really cool. They would probably make her be an opening kill if she ever did come back. But I think... Um, I think, I don't know, I don't know what to think because I didn't see it in the movie and I'm kind of just wrapping my head around it. I'm like still wrapping my head around the thoughts that I'm having and I was just looking at, um, Reddit and Twitter and I saw people talking about it. So that is how I found out that Kirby's still alive. And also there was that Easter egg of, uh, Mark Kincaid potentially being Sydney's husband. They never say Kincaid, but they do say her husband's name is Mark. And I don't know if it's her husband. I personally would not want him to be her husband because I found him really weird in Scream 3. And I'm not sure if he's the her husband, but like it was a nice little, maybe she is. I don't know. Um, Mark is a very common name, so I don't know. I do think if Sydney was going to come back to Woodsboro, Kincaid would come with her. But I was expecting her, like someone to be like, Sydney, Sydney Prescott or something at the end. And she's like, actually, it's Kincaid. Like, that's what I thought they were going to do. And if they did it, I kind of would have rolled my eyes. So I like how they kind of left it open. But yeah, those are the Easter eggs I needed to get off my chest before we get into this. <laughs> so let me rewind a little bit back to where I said you can tell Wes wasn't involved. Now, Wes Craven has a very specific, I said heart, and he does, and there is a, it's a specific style, I guess, or I don't know how I would describe it, but he lingers the camera more than what Radio Silence does. Radio Silence was very fast-paced. Like, I felt like it edited, the editing was too fast, that I didn't get the emotion from the characters the way you do with Wes Craven, which is, I think, the mo one of the most integral parts of the Scream movies and what separated it so much from other slasher or horror films was that we were able to see characters' reactions to things and the camera would linger on those emotions for a little bit to where we fully felt what they felt. And I think the biggest moment that this did not work for me was when um Sydney and Gail show up to the mocker house when they're outside which before I go any further I need to say <laughs> it was so clear that the mocker house was a set now the inside looks good but the outside <laughs> the outside looks like a film set in the worst way possible it we never got a wide shot of the house, really. We never see the roof. We see the ground and, like, the grass, and it literally looks like a set from Stab 3 from Scream 3. It looked bad. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It looked 
like a fake set. The ground looked so flat. The ground looked perfect. It was just not right. The inside was great. Outside, not great. But when they're outside and after Gail is shot, which again, we'll talk about, she's like, do it, Sydney, end it or whatever. I feel like the editing was so fast that I needed to see the camera or just like the shot linger a little bit longer on each of their faces when they're talking so I could feel what they were feeling. I needed that moment that they had um, where like, this is it. This is how we're ending things. We're doing this for Dewey. And I, we just didn't get that. It was just too fast. Like everything needed to be like, boom, 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 boom. It, it didn't let me breathe for a second, which maybe that was what they were going for. But I think it was just missing that Wes Craven touch where we really got to love these characters because over the series, really since the beginning, the moment we see these characters, we love these characters. They are the heart and soul of this franchise and potentially we will never see them again. So I just, I needed a little bit more between them. I needed to see them interacting a little bit more. I needed to see them looking at each other and accepting what is going on together just a little bit. So that I think is my biggest issue with Scream 5, the editing. And really that's like the big and one of the only issues I have with Scream 5. Uh, but no, like that's out of the way. Let's kind of talk about the the story and the kills and Ghostface and who's Ghostface and the cast returning and blah, 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 blah. So I think that this was a great storyline. I really liked it. I think it made sense for the characters to come back to. I don't think Halloween Kills made sense. Like having Marion hanging out with Lindsay and Tommy made no sense. And it was weird. Here, we let the characters come back slowly. They weren't there immediately. And while I wanted them to be back immediately, it worked for me. So when this started and they weren't there, like Sydney, Dewey, and Gail like weren't there, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, oh no, this isn't what I want. I want Sydney, Dewey, and Gail. Like, I love these people. They mean so much to me. Bring them on screen right now. I don't give a fuck about these people at all. I don't care about Melissa Barrera. Sorry about it, which I forgot to mention her in the character. We'll get to characters. I'm getting ahead of myself. I thought bringing them back the way they did worked perfectly. I, I don't think Dewey can ever live outside of Woodsboro. And it made sense for him to be the main of the, of the three to be there. It really made sense. Um... It made sense for Gail to show up after the murders. It made sense for Sydney to come back after Dewey's untimely death that I knew was coming <laughs> and is so devastating to me. But I don't think she would have ever returned without Dewey dying or Gail dying. And I don't think I can really talk about um, this movie without talking about Dewey's death. So... I had this spoiled because the score was released a week in advance and I knew in my gut that either Dewey or Gail was going to die. And I think I was leaning more towards Gail dying because I knew one of them had to die. And they say that in the movie and I think that's true. Um, but the score, the way the trailers were and the way the score was titled, where it was like hospital and then sacrifice was the next song. I knew Dewey was dead. And then when I heard that Dewey's theme is at the end of Sacrifice, I knew he was a goner. So unfortunately, I knew he was going to die. And I cried five times in this movie. And I will, I'll list them right now. Dewey's death. Gail finding out that Dewey died. Um, <laughs> Gail telling Amber that she killed his be her best friend. When Gail shot Amber up and lit that bitch on fire. <laughs> Those were happy tears, though. And then at the end, when Gail was saying that she's going to write a different kind of book about a sheriff in a small town that he loved or whatever. And I started, the tears started coming back again. I was just like, 
oh my god, I love these people so much. It is so devastating and heartbreaking that this happened. And I'm so sad we didn't get more of Dewey and Gale together. I'm sad we didn't get Dewey, Gale, and Sydney together. It's so heartbreaking that I don't get to see them ever again together. It is so awful. And I don't know how I feel about Gale and Dewey not speaking for a couple years. And I find it found it weird that when Dewey called Sydney for the first time at the beginning of the movie, or like the 30 minute mark or whatever, that it really sounded like they haven't spoken in years either. And that was so hard for me because I just, I almost wish that five never happened because four left and it was happy. And well, it wasn't happy because obviously Dewey and Gail's marriage was awful or not great, but they were all alive and they were together like holding hands basically in the hospital at the end. And it's so sad that he is no longer here and his death was so stupid because he made a stupid mistake and ugh, he was so stupid to go back. And for, ugh, he was so stupid, but I will say his death was very good and scary and brutal. I was a little scared his intestines were going to fall out when they, he was double stabbed and like lifted up or whatever. When they pulled the knives up, it was insane. I thought they were about to take it a little too far, but it was so sad. I'm so, 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 so devastated that Dewey is gone. It almost doesn't feel real to me. I have seen these movies so many times. They are my comfort movies. And for him to no longer be there makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. I don't even know how else to say it. I don't know. But rest in peace, Dewey. Also, my friend says he saw something that said Tatum or something in his um, trailer, which again, I need to rewatch to see. But if they had that, that's a really nice touch. I, oh, just thinking about him dying is like making me want to cry. Honestly, I cried when I got home because I started thinking about how much I miss Wes Craven because I love that man so much. And I just like can't believe that he's hasn't, he's been dead for so long now that I don't know. It's just so weird. It's so weird that we have a screen movie without Wes Craven. And it's so weird that we could have a potential sequel without David Arquette and Dewey. Although, I will say, I never want to see another Scream movie with Dewey, or I'm sorry, with Gail and Sydney. I don't want Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox to return. The only way I want them ret to return is if we see Gail on TV. I don't want them in the action anymore. I think this perfectly ended their story. It is done. They ended their story off, and I would like for the... um the sequel, because I'm sure there'll be a sequel to be the new cast with maybe Hayden Penetier back as Kirby. That would be a nice touch, but I don't want them back at all. Oh, I'm so devastated. <laughs> but speaking of um, Gail and Sydney, I think I think they were great. I think Gail was... a. It, it was a little weird when she first showed up. It felt very much like uh, the movie's very much framing her as a legacy character. Like, oh my God, look at it. It's, it's her. She came out of nowhere and she's there. And she says something like when Sam is like, oh, me and my sister were attacked. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, it was just a little odd. But everything about Gail, I loved so much outside of that one moment. <laughs> um. I haven't even talked about the killers yet, even though I mentioned Amber by name, but I will say the one thing that really pissed me off was Gail not officially killing Amber for killing Dewey. They, I thought they did it and I was cheering in the theater. I was cheering when Sydney gave that gun to Gail and told her that this one is hers and she shot that bitch up a few times and lit her on fire. I cheered when she said, when she was like, you're going to pass the torch to me or whatever. And she was like, take it, bitch, or whatever, and lit her on fire. I almost jumped out of my seat. I was so 
happy. And I was like, she got her revenge. She did that for Dewey. And it was perfect. And then, of course, she had a pop-up at the end, which she was completely burned. So I guess Gail did do that. She did shoot her. She did burn her alive. So I guess she got her revenge. But they gave the final kill to Tara, which I wish it was Gail. I really wish it was Gail because I felt it felt so validating and satisfying to see Gail kill her for killing Dewey. It felt right. And I feel like they took that from her and that bothered me a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. And it was still such... I think, oh, I think I forgot to mention this in the <laughs> the spoiler-free section. I was going to say that the third act is like incredible. And I will say it is pretty fucking good. It was just so good to see Sydney and Dewey. I'm sorry, I keep saying Dewey. Sydney and Gail in action again. And to see Gail like really in on the action this time, because she was pretty left out. Her and Dewey were pretty left out in Scream 4. And she was pretty left out of Scream 2. And they were both let out of Scream 3. <laughs> so I think seeing Gail fight was so satisfying. And I loved it. I loved seeing those two together. I think Sydney and Gail, the end of their story happened here. And they are sisters for life now. And they, they started hating each other and being enemies. And Gail's basically a villain. And 25 years later they are connected for life. And I just think their story needs to end here. I would love to see them again, but I don't need to see them fight Ghostface again. I really don't. I think it was satisfying enough the way it ended. And I, I don't think the thing with Gail, I knew she was going to come back when the murders happened because she can never not be there. But at the end of this, when she was like, I'm not writing about this, they can be anonymous forever, these killers. Like, fuck them. They killed Dewey. They're not going to get the fame that they want. They're not going to get the movie they want. I'm not writing about it. I felt like that was exactly how it needed to end. And I'll be really mad if they get their movie, if they get Stab 9 or 10 or whatever number they're on. Because it just, it was the perfect end for that. And I think if they do make a movie of scream five a stab movie of scream five it would kind of be for nothing i guess because the whole thing is they wanted that movie that good movie and now they're never gonna get it so i liked that and i hope this ends that chapter but also yeah that's what i have to say about the returning legacy characters love sydney love dewey love gail i thought dewey's life was a little odd considering the end of four. Like he seemed very put together. He was very, he very much let himself go. He was probably an alcoholic. Um, something that wasn't really explored in the original series or the other films, but I guess he kind of lost it when he left Gail. I thought that was very accurate. I always found Dewey to be very selfish towards Gail because they, they got together after Scream 2, they couldn't make it work because Dewey didn't like the lifestyle she had where she didn't want to be in Woodsboro. He did. He needed to be in Woodsboro. I don't think Dewey would ever leave Woodsboro. So when they got married, she spent at least 10 years in Woodsboro with no career anymore because she loved Dewey and he couldn't, in this movie, she gets a She's able to go to New York and get a morning show and Dewey couldn't even stay there for two months. And I felt like that was true to his character. But I, and then when he was saying that he loved her so much or whatever, when they meet again and she's like, why haven't you been, why didn't you tell me this years ago when you left or whatever? Like clearly they still love each other. When she said, you killed my best friend, I literally started to choke up again. I was like, this is so, this is too much for me. Because Dewey and Gail are like my ultimate, they're my ultimate. I don't think Gail will ever find anyone else again after Dewey. I think Dewey was her soulmate and I'm just so sad. I'm so sad. Like I could cry right now. <laughs> I could genuinely cry, but I won't. Um, we should probably get into the... <laughs> the new characters. Although when it comes to, I will say to end off the 
original characters. Um, Sydney is barely in this movie, but I think she gets a satisfying ending for her. I think she had a satisfying ending after four. Here, she was back just to pass the torch. And that worked perfectly fine. I think the script made it perfectly fine. I'm glad how it ended with her. I'm glad that she's alive. I'm glad she has a husband who is potentially Kincaid. And I'm glad she's got kids. And I hope her and Gail stay much more in touch after this. But there isn't really much to say. I think Nev Campbell's amazing as always. She's so badass as always. When she picks up Amber and throws her over the counter, it's amazing. When she gives Gail the gun to kill her, it's amazing. Like, I love, I love them and I don't need to see them anymore. I hope they have their semi-happy ending. Although I don't think Gail will ever have her happy ending now that Dewey's gone. Ugh. Okay, let's talk about the new cast. I think I should kind of just, let's just go, let's just start. No, let's start with the, the characters. So let me pull up IMDb real quick. We have Melissa Barrera playing Sam Carpenter, who has probably the biggest story here. She's clearly framed as the Sydney Prescott of the new series. I like her, but I do find her forgettable. Um, I don't want to say like, oh, Melissa Barrera is not a good actress. I think she's a great actress. I just think she doesn't have the spark that Nev Campbell has or Courtney Cox has or David Arquette has. I do, however, think that her sister, Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega, does. And in the future, I think the series should focus more on Tara than it does Sam. But I don't see that happening because here we learn that Sam is Billy Loomis's daughter. Now, I did not see this coming. And honestly, when I first, when it first happened, I was like, I don't think I like this. Like, this is stupid, but I don't know. I think they played into it well enough. I think they did it better. So like in Halloween, they kind of tease like, oh, maybe Allison is um, crazy when she picked up that knife at the, or she's holding the knife at the end. I think this one does that way better where they tease that she's crazy holy shit, is Sam crazy at the end. I thought, I think, I don't know. I like that we see Billy Loomis. I think it's cool. It's a nice callback. I don't know if it's necessary. Like if we have a sequel, are we going to see him again? I don't know because it didn't look that great, the CGI. So, uh, like he still looks like an old man to me. But you know what? I don't know. It still works. It's It still works. Like, personally, if I was going to do Scream 6, I would kill off Sam in the beginning. I'd have her be the opening kill, and I'd have Tara be the final girl. I don't know. Something about Melissa Barrera, I like her, but I don't know if she sold it to me to take over the franchise, which I hope these characters take over the franchise. Like I said, I don't want to see Sydney and Gail back. I don't. I want, if we get a Scream 6, I want them to take over. So I don't know. I like her, but I don't love her. I don't love her like I loved Tara. I thought um, Jenna Ortega was so good. So, 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 so good. And she's going to have a really good career, I think. She's going to, she's going to do great things, especially if she keeps up with Scream. I think she could be great. And since I talked about them, I might as well talk about the others. Um, there are four survivors, like the original, if you don't count Sydney and Gail, um, which are Sim Sam and Tara Carpenter, as well as Mindy and Chad Meeks Martin, which um, I had a feeling that Heather... Matarazzo would return as Martha because I saw pictures of her near where they were filming at the time of filming. So I was assuming she was going to be back. And I do think she was a lovely callback, a lovely addition. I wish she had a little something to do here, but I love the Meeks siblings, the Meeks 
whatever, I don't know, the niece and nephew of Randy. I think particularly Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy is a standout. Her character is the funniest character here. I don't think this movie has quite the humor that Wes Craven had, but when it comes to Mindy, she was hilarious and it felt so natural. And I am watching Yellow Jackets right now and Jasmine Savoy Brown is fantastic on that show and she is fantastic here. I, <laughs> she had that great scene in the basement where so, oh, I don't, th I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I knew of one of the ghost faces going into this because I had it spoiled for me. I knew that, um, Amber was a ghost face. I did not know that Richie was a ghost face, but I did know Amber was. So, or I had someone say it on the internet, but I wasn't sure if someone was just like fucking with me, but I had, when I saw her, I was like, okay, I really think she is the killer. I think that person was saying, was telling the truth. But when we were in the basement and Mindy was like, because I'm the killer, I genuinely thought she was going to pull out a knife and stab her. It was such a good fake out. Such a good fake out. I genuinely thought that it just flipped what I thought everything was happening. Like I thought it was, I don't know. It was so shocking. And then she was like, just kidding. <laughs> I thought she was so good. And I was so happy that, um, Chad survived as well. We didn't see him die. So I had a feeling that he was, he was going to pop up at the end. So I was happy. I'm happy to see a Scream 6 with those four characters returning. But let's talk about Ghostface. So Ghostface was fucking vicious here. His stab, like, what did they say? How many times was she stabbed? Like 20 fucking times in the beginning. Like it was absolutely insane. And when she was stabbing Chad so many times, it was just crazy. So I definitely think this was the most angry of the ghost faces. Um, I definitely liked Amber more than I liked Richie. I suspected Richie once we got to the third act. I thought he was becoming an asshole. And I was like, this is getting weird. And then some people were saying like when he, there was like, um, the moment when he says like, I don't know, I didn't even catch it. So I'm not even going to mention it. It was just mentioned on Reddit. There was like other, um, moments that were kind of pointing to him. And then when he called Sid, when Ghostface called Sydney, I was like, okay, the only person that could have called her is Richie. So I, I kind of guessed it was him at the end, but it was such a nice, it was a nice surprise when it was a nice mystery to unfold that he was the killer. And I, I just want to say, I loved the part <laughs> when Sydney's on the phone with Ghostface and, um, she's like, um, I'm bored and hangs up. Classic, classic Sydney. Loved it. But I think Richie and um, Amber's motivation was great. I thought they were unhinged. I thought Amber's fight with Gail in Sydney was great. I thought the fake out that she was trying to have when she was like, help, he stabbed me. And Gail's like, it's a trap. And then she shoots Gail. I thought it was great. I thought the whole kitchen sequence was phenomenal. I loved the fight between Amber, Sydney, and Gail. Again, <laughs> it was so satisfying seeing Sydney light her on fire and I, or not Sydney, God, I'm mixing them up when Gail lit her on fire. And I saw a lot of people say like, they really shouldn't have shown that fire sequence. Cause like, we know it's Amber from there. I didn't notice, but I also like, didn't want to look too hard because I didn't want to be spoiled. But yeah, I, I thought their motives of like wanting a new sequel was clever and smart and probably the best way they could have done it. And I thought everything they said was good. I thought, the commentary on toxic fandoms and making the sequel that they want and ensuring that this movie is going to be made was all good. Do I think it was as good as Jill and Billy? No, but they're up there. They're probably right under Jill, Billy and Stu for me. And maybe, maybe Amber's above Debbie Salt. I don't know. Maybe not. I have to rewatch it again. I really do have to rewatch. Uh, what else? What was my favorite kill? Hmm. I don't know. I would have said Amber before she popped back up alive again and Tara shot her. 
but because uh, God, that scene with Gail was so satisfying. I can't even, I can't even say enough how fucking satisfying it was, but I don't know what my favorite kill was. Maybe, which this is kind of crazy for me to say, but maybe lives because it was so shocking. I didn't think it was going to happen that way. And she was just shot in the head, but it was just so, 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 so shocking. But I feel like I might have to go with Dewey. Like the kills were just so brutal. And it wasn't even just the kills because a lot of these people survived, but just the stabs were, it was just so many. And Tara's leg snap, like, God, Ghostface has never been so threatening before. But here's the thing. I didn't care for his calls. I didn't think his calls were as good as I think Charlie and Jill had the best Ghostface calls. Those were scary. But Ghostface himself was the scariest he's ever been in this one. And I didn't even mention the opening scene. I liked it. I would have rather she die because it's a Scream movie. But again, they're doing something different. And I loved Jenna Ortega so much that I'm glad she's alive. But one thing, I thought it was like mentioned beforehand that um, Tara and Amber were like on and off again dating. And they don't really explore that. Like they kind of do. Like if someone told, like if people were not told, like straight people were not told that they were a couple, I don't think you would know. Like, I don't think they would know. We didn't really get it that much. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a weird choice. Like I got it, but I didn't get it. You know what I mean? It was, it was an odd choice. And also like, what was Amber planning on doing with Tara? Question mark. She had her tied up. Does she think Tara would be like, oh, thank you for stabbing me. 20 times and thank you for killing my sister and thank you for killing all my friends let's be together I don't know I don't know it was very weird I kind of feel like she was hiding her from Richie so Richie like because she wasn't telling Richie that she's gonna keep her alive or something I don't know but Richie when he turned on um Sam I thought um what's his name I'm sorry Jack Quaid acted his ass off like really all the ghost faces had such good actors playing them that it was also worth it when they were unmasked and made it so great and I don't know I don't know if I mentioned this and I'm kind of still talking about the characters but I just remembered one thing again that I didn't like it goes hand in hand in editing and if I said this sorry you're gonna hear it again I didn't care for all of the close-ups. There were so many close-ups in this movie that I don't think there was a shot in the whole movie where I was like, wow, that is a great fucking shot. That is a really good shot. I don't think there was one. Was there bad ones? No, I don't think there was any bad shots, but like, especially when it came to the house that wasn't the real house because it was a set, not because like story-wise or whatever. It was like, up closes on the house, close-ups on everyone's faces. Like it was just a little too many close-ups, a little too many close-ups for me. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't. But back to the characters, we do get Deputy Judy back, but she is now Sheriff Judy. And what a change she had. Now, I like Judy. I never thought she was a bitch but she's even more than a, like, okay, she was kind of a bitch to Gail because clearly she knew she was trying to get under Gail's skin because she like, she had a crush on Dewey. But the scene when she's talking to Sam, I'm just kind of like, okay, bitch. She's not even like a bitch at that point. Like I was like, what the hell happened to sweet Judy with her little lemon squares? Like what the hell? What the hell? so bizarre. It was just a weird change. I, the power really went to her head. <laughs> and I, you know, I liked her and Wes. Oh, Wes. I didn't even talk about Wes, played by Dylan Minnette, which I think Scream 5 had a really clever way to show their appreciation for Wes in the end, where it was like 
the whole party was a memorial for the character Wes, who died very early. I thought he was going to be a killer, first of all. Um, and we'll get to that scene. But they had the banner that said like for Wes, I think is what it said. And like, that's playing at the party where the final scene is. And I wish he got more shots of it. But I was like, that is such a good way to honor Wes Craven. And it was smart and clever and funny. And I really liked that. But Dylan Minnette, I really liked him here. And I was kind of sad that he died so early. But I think his scene, so he dies with his mother. And it is, was it the scariest? I don't know. There were some scary moments in here, but it was so tense. They had a lot of fake outs, which I kind of knew all of them would be fake outs, uh, where he's opening the door and you think, oh, he's going to pop up behind the door. Go, so he's going to be there. But we get him in the shower, which I was like, are we going to get our first bit of nudity here in a Scream movie? Like, I, they were kind of close with um, Dylan. I thought maybe we were going to get man-ass. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of hoping we were. <laughs> but um, Ghostface calls Judy, sends her back to the house, which I'm sorry. when she, First of all, when, he when she thought Ghostface was in the house, which I think it was Ghostface, I could not believe that she grabbed a knife instead of her gun. Like, Judy, what the hell are you doing to look through her house? Why are you grabbing the knife? So she grabs her knife, whatever, and then she goes out to get sushi. And then Ghostface calls her and he's like, I'm going to kill your son. LOL, isn't that so funny? So she has to get back to the house before and you kind of think, oh, Ghostface is going to kill him before she gets there and then he's going to kill Judy. No, Ghostface kills Judy first and then kills Wes, which I thought was so good. And when we get the slow neck stab into Wes, where I thought, oh, maybe they're going to save him because it looks like he might have just missed the jugular. But like, I don't know. Nope, they killed him. <laughs> and I thought that was such a tense. It was like, I don't, that was a long scene too. It was a really tense scene in the movie and I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was a lot of really good tense scenes. I thought the ending was framed very well with Sydney and Gail going back to the house. I think the characters were strong. I think it had funny moments, particularly with Mindy. I think it ended off stories very well. I think it honored these characters very well. I don't think that it had the feeling of Wes Craven like people are claiming but again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think this movie is very, very strong. Again, I gave it a five out of five. <laughs> and like I said, that might just be because I am biased towards Scream and it might be more of a four out of five movie. But I genuinely just had such a good time. I was cheering. I was crying. I was laughing. I was scared. I think this is where Scream is going moving forward. And moving forward, again, I don't want to see Sydney or Gale again, but I think there is some story to tell with uh, Sam and Tara, particularly Sam with her being Billy's daughter and how it, it's teased how she might be crazy because when she's killing um, Richie, <laughs> she stabbed his ass, what, 50 times? She was going crazy on him. Like, I thought it was crazy when Sydney and Gail shot Mickey a hundred times in Scream 2. Like, she was really stabbing him and fast. Like, she was like, stab, 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 stab. And we see it in reflections of Billy looking at her and he's proud or whatever, like... I think there's some story there and maybe we could frame it where we don't know if she's the killer in Stab 6 or not. I don't know. But I think maybe there's one more. I think they're going to do more than one. But I think there's one more that we can get two true trilogies. I think we have our original trilogy. We have the remake or we have the original trilogy, and then for the second one, we have the remake, which is four, then the legacy sequel, which is five, and then just, I guess, the sequel, which, I don't know, 
a cameo at best for Sydney and Gale. I'm begging them not to bring them in again. A cameo is all we need. I don't need to see more than that. I I think what they have is strong foundations for a sequel. I think we have our Sydney and Gale. We have our Dewey and we have our Randy. That being Chad and Mindy. I I don't know. I don't know where this could go. I think they're going to go bigger for the next one. Um, bloodier, more violent. I think they're going to go kind of like a Halloween Kills type of vibe. But I hope it's just the, the main, the new cast. But again, like they mention it in here, which I thought was clever, where they're like, you're always, we always need a new ghost face. Like it's not, we don't have a Michael Myers where they just keep coming back. We have to keep coming up with new ghost faces. So like, I don't know what they could come up with next. We've done just, I'm crazy and your mom's a whore. (laughs) We've done revenge. We've done secret brother. We've done jealous cousin. We've done crazy fans who want a true sequel. We've done it all I don't know where we could go next but I am kind of excited to see where we go next I don't know if Scream will work without Sydney Dewey and Gale oh god even saying Dewey it just makes me want to cry it really does but I don't know maybe these cast members can Maybe the torch is officially passed. I'm not sure. I don't know if they can hold a Scream movie on their own because when Sydney, Dewey, and Gale weren't on screen, a lot of the times I didn't feel like I was watching a Scream movie. And I've said this, and I'll say it again. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think they need to do something new and it needs to be its own series for it to not just be a rehash of what we've gotten, but I really don't want them to ruin the franchise's credibility, I guess is what I would say, because every Scream movie thus far has been a great movie. Even the worst Scream movie is still better than a lot of franchises' best. And if we do another one and it doesn't work because it doesn't have Sydney and Gale... I don't know. I really don't know how I would feel. Huh. I don't know. Maybe I've said too many negatives that I have to bump this down to a four star. I don't do half stars, if you don't know. I always do either a one, two, three, or four, or five. But I gave three a four, so maybe five is a four as well. I have to think on it. I have to see it again. I don't know. I think this was a good time. And I think, I don't think it needs to be analyzed more than that. It is just a really good time at the movies. It's fun seeing Sydney and Gail together again. And it was satisfying to see them fight again, even though it was clear that they were in a fake set of the (laughs) Stumacher house. Um, Yeah, I think it was the right place for Scream to go in the future if they're going to go any further. I think 4 could have been the perfect ending, but of course they're not going to make the perfect ending. So what we got, I think, is great. And I think it's great because it is just a great, solid, fun, scary movie that the cast really elevates and I think it had a lot of interesting things to say about horror it so like the first one kind of it's like horror's dead these are the tropes the second one is like these are sequels the third one wasn't so much about trilogies in my opinion it was more commenting on where horror was at that moment like all the other screams and it was um real life violence is being blamed on movies and then four was so much on the remakes and this one was so much on legacy sequels, but it was also about like the idea of legacy horror. And it was about toxic fandoms because fandoms are so entitled to everything. They feel so entitled and they're falsely entitled. 
I'm not entitled to anything. Like if I had it my way, Dewey would be alive. But I do think it had to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I lost my train of thought, so I don't know where I was ending. I don't know if that had a proper, proper wrap-up of thoughts, but I think the writers did a pretty great job. Guy Busick, who, who wrote um, Ready or Not, and James Vanderbilt, who wrote the Amazing Spider-Man movies, Murder Mystery, which was awful, um, Independence Day Resurgence, which I heard was awful, and White House Down. So, but I mean, he also wrote Zodiac. So I don't know. I guess he's impressive. <laughs> um, and then Radio Silence, who is Matt Bertinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett. I think they did a strong entry in the series. And yeah, it was great. It was great. I am going to stick with the five, at least until I watch it again. Five star for Scream 5. I don't know. I feel like I almost have to give four or number three of five because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have so many thoughts that I can't wrap my head around it, but I am glad that it was made. I'm glad that I watched. I had a great time. And if I got COVID from seeing it, so be it. Because I think we're all going to get COVID at this point. I have so much pessimism about what is going on in the world that I think there's no use being anxious about it right now. I've been so anxious about COVID the whole time. Like genuinely, I think this has been such a traumatic time for me, which I feel like I'm crazy because so many people around me they act like it's nothing and it's like been so, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Ugh. I don't know. I'm just saying that the movie was worth it. I did miss the great rock centric soundtracks of the other Scream movies, but yeah, overall Scream 5 was such a pleasant surprise. It was devastating. I will never get over Dewey's death but it was satisfying and I think it works as a great closing. And I also feel like it is a great um, way to open a new franchise. I keep talking about Dewey just because it was so much, it was just so crazy to me, but also a little bit of Dewey. I kind of wish Gail and Sydney were there to witness it just because, I don't know, maybe I, I'm just crazy and I love seeing my favorite characters go through so much trauma. <laughs> But I mean, it's framed perfectly that Sydney would come back because Dewey died. But a part of me, I just needed to see Sydney, Dewey, and Gail fight together again. I needed to see it one more time. We didn't get too much of it in four because Dewey was so sidelined. I don't know. I hope his death had meaning and we don't get a stab nine or whatever. I do think they made a mistake in the movie because they said like, Sydney was in all of them, but the last one of the stab movies. But didn't um, Jenny Randall say that Sydney was only in the first three stab movies and then they were making a bunch like five had time travel and she sued them about using her story. So she's only in the first three. But there was like they were already on stab seven that we know of of Scream 4. So and we did get stab eight where they have the flamethrower and the chrome mask and nunchucks and shit. So I don't know. I think they made a, made a little bit of a mistake there continuity wise, but I'm just being nitpicky. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely enjoyed myself seeing this movie. I need to rewatch it. Um, I have many conflicting thoughts, but this is a movie you should see in theaters. Again, you should see it if you're comfortable, but if you are comfortable, definitely check it out. And I think this will be in theaters for a while because there's nothing else really out for a little bit. So definitely check out some matinee, matinee showings if you can. Just, I hope this movie does well. I think we are in a new era of slasher movies and horror. I think slashers are making a huge comeback. We've had Scream, Halloween, Chucky, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 
Slumber Party Massacre. Like, they're all coming back. I'm sure Nightmare on Elm Street's next. I'm sure of it. Um, Saw came back. Legacy sequels are the new thing. So we'll see. We'll see. I would not be shocked if we got a Nightmare on Elm Street with Heather Langenkamp. And it just took place after the first one. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but my thoughts are just so jumbled. I can't really remember the story. But yeah, great time. Great characters. Great screen movie. Pleasantly surprised. And I think I should just end it. The episode there. I'm so happy that it finally came out. And... I don't know. We'll see what Scream has to offer in the future. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope I wasn't too all over the place. I'm going to hope, I hope I get this up right away so Scream fans can listen. But thank you so much for listening. If you are able to or have an Instagram, please follow the film.degree on Instagram, write a review on Apple Podcasts, but only if it's positive because I don't want to hear any critiques. And go support Scream. I can't believe I saw it. I can't believe it's a thing. I can't believe we saw Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette fighting off Ghostface again in 2022. It is a crazy thing. The Scream franchise is a crazy franchise. It is one of a kind. So, yeah. Um... I hope Wes Craven is proud of this movie. He, I feel like, changed my life. He means the world to me, and I hope he is proud of this movie. I think he should be, because it is such a fun time. And I guess I will end my Scream episodes, my four-hour Scream Spectacular, and now my hour-long thoughts on Scream 5 by saying thank you so much Wes Craven you have meant the world to me and you directed and created a hell of a series with Kevin Williamson of course but horror is forever changed because of Wes Craven and I am I don't know. I'm so, I'm indebted to this man forever. Um, he changed, he changed film. He genuinely did. He completely changed horror. And I don't think horror would look like what it does today without him making Scream in 1996. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe that he completely changed horror and revived it, and brought a new life to it, and brought something so special to the table. So thank you, Wes Craven, 